they, they're not cybersecurity people, right? They're not going to be able to secure the data that they're getting by flying drones. So they're, they, they are going to be exposed to being hacked, hackable by either foreign agents or a disgruntled employee or anyone else who likes to hack out there. So I'm just saying, I'd rather be centralized. I'd rather have the lock and keys so that you at least know that no one's the, the government you could challenge if they are being nefarious with your data but it definitely becomes much more difficult when you've when you've got target walmart amazon with all their drone footage and drone tracking and all their drone data and then now you're trying to i mean that they're those people are far more hackable to getting your data out there in the wrong hands than the government would be Hmm. Low, like volume was low. Yeah, volume. Yeah, not energy. We're always high energy. Low energy sounds like something Trump would say. In fact, he's I never think he low. Has. He's never low. No, I think he calls other people like low energy. Oh yeah, yeah, and that would that, that would make sense. That would make sense. One of his um supporters called. What did they say? Uh, they commented on something that I that I wrote at at one point. It was like some like troll, but they used the phrase like, this is what you get when people have low information. And I'm just like, ah, that's, you're not using it right. Like, <laughs> like not using his phrase, right? You can't just insert. This is what happens when low. you have low, low water pressure. <laughs> low information. That doesn't like, it's, it's not interchangeable. You can't just put anything after low. Sure you can. Uh, I mean, sure you can. can. And they, clearly they did. They did. But it was just. You know, whatever. You can do anything with low. Sure. This is what happens when people have low inspiration. <laughs> this is what the, this is what happens when people have low discourse. Low discourse. Yeah, I'm just gonna start saying stuff like that. Um, you know, know your audience, right? Ooh, welcome to Retraction, the podcast about reversing course through discourse. No, you, no, no, no. I don't think you'd say about. I think it's just retraction, reversing course through discourse, or we are, or we're. Oh, so it's like you something. gotta slap the audience with it, kind of thing. I mean, you gotta don't be so low energy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. Okay. Okay. Retraction, reversing course through discourse. I think you should do. A different one of your character voices every time. I'll Use this that. opener as practice for that. your for your day job as your a DD group. As a dungeon master. Yeah. I've quit my regular job and now I just podcast and DD master. What a life. What a you D D master and podcast on the side. That's right. Yeah. Whichever pays the bills first. <laughs> I got low bills. Are, <laughs> I love it. We should have <laughs> the whole episode. <laughs> Oh God! Hello, Bill. Um, so, do do people make money? Like, are there professional DMers? Heck yeah! Look at Twitch. Like, would you like rent a DMer for your for your thing for your troop? Would right? I? No, you could. No, dude, is that a thing where you 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 rent them? You rent them and do something like that. You bring them like, into your like troop. balloons or a clown? Yeah, like a clown. No, yeah, exactly. No, like but the, hey, look, you bring him to your party, your party. You bring him to your party instead of joining someone else's party. You bring him to your party. You got a group of friends that want to play. You just don't have a DMer. You know what? Um, now that we're sort of exiting COVID, probably re-entering, but let's just call it what people want to call it right now. 
as we're exiting COVID, uh, that could be a lucrative uh, little business deal, actually. If you could dumb down D&D to the point where it is an interactive experience, you could either do it for dinner parties or you could do it for kids' parties. And uh, that way, I was just saying, like, you don't have to do all it's the... Like, it's like a nanny. You don't, it doesn't have to be like a one-time thing. You get them for a period of time. You know, these campaigns or these games take months, you said sometimes, right? Weeks, months. They can, so, yes. Yeah. So it's, so it's like a nanny for you and your friends. Yeah, an adult nanny. That's what a DM is. It's an adult nanny. They make sure all the kids play play nice. They encourage imagination. Um, and they don't bring low energy. So with all that together, it's an adult nanny. That's a, that's what a DM basically is. I got it. All right. I'm just saying it's a business, it's a good business model. No one has that. So it's uh if anyone's out there, you could you could start it up. It's I think I think so it's that's, got legs. That's that's plan B if this all doesn't work out. Probably my plan C. Plan C. Yeah. There's always like full body stripping. There you go. I think that has a better niche. <laughs> I think there's. I think there might be a bigger audience for that than renting a DM for your uh, dinner party. Maybe or... you can combine the two ideas. Oh well, I think that now you're getting into all sorts of low, low water. S- strip D and D. Strip D and D is just. I mean, I don't know where you draw the line. <laughs> And once you're naked, what else is there? I don't know where you go from there. I don't know what you're fighting. Everything you fight, you're naked. Every encounter, you're naked. You got to fight to get your clothes back. Ooh, I like that element of it. It's a whole new, that's a whole nother, uh, it's a whole flip the script. I like that. I like it. There you go. You're welcome. So you have something to start this show off with or? start this show you said you want to do 30 minutes i mean start and end in one topic well i hate that you just said that because i'll probably have to edit you because we never stick to a particular time frame so you say 30 minutes and then all of a sudden the episode's 45 and then now i'm gonna now we just got this 30 minute edit in there and it's like That's well okay. we, we blew by we blew by and then people are gonna be like whoa i was listening to well, this. We they're, had gonna, they're gonna be checking the time they're going to exit the pod to check how long the pod is, realize that it doesn't equate. And they're like, these guys are fools. So I'm not, I'm not listening to this. So they, they undisciplined do, fools. Undisciplined fools. fools. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, we try. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to these low fools. <laughs> we want to have low expectations. Got <laughs> them. Uh, got them. I got something. I got something. I, I, I got chose three things. things. Oh, you, you chose three. You okay, want... well, that's the episode. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you do three things, three that's things, the end. <laughs> but no, I'm not saying we have to do them all. Um, but I, I don't know. They could either be things where you have zero to say about it, and you're like, that's interesting, or we could talk about it. But if you have something, let's go with yours. And then I we'll have something that I knew would take about 15 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> that way, <laughs> I was you like, have you go. With yourself. You had the debate with yourself. I just, I, yes. Well, I, I, I usually, I, I put in like a, a, a stand-in, um, usually one of my daughter's toys, as, as for you, and then I, I initiate the conversation, and then I anticipate what that, that stand-in will be. So, yeah, you're usually you're a Muppet. Today you were Oscar the Grouch, and, uh, and yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, this is some kind of weird power move right now. This it is, might be. Yeah, this is this is kind of a power move. And well, then next episode, Oscar's going to be on the shelf in the background. That's correct. Just kind of like putting me just, in my place yeah. just to let you know well get, i mean every episode it's going to get closer and closer to the camera if we were if we if we do live shows that that'll be the kind of gag that uh i think an audience uh, listener might enjoy a little uh a little time-honored loyalty low-key gagging uh 
Department of Trans. Oh, actually, start off with Cycle of Rage. New York City's car-free Earth Day is a sad joke. This is from uh, streetsblog.org. Uh, Gersh Kunzman, pretty good writer. I like him. Department of Transportation Commissioner Yadonis Rodriguez heralded the city's big climate event, a so-called car-free Earth Day, on Saturday, April 23rd. Problem is, it's not at, it's not car free at all. It's merely a press release listing 3.8 miles of city streets, most of them already part of the Carlight Open Streets program, where car drivers can't go for a few hours on one day. Would you like to know more? I don't know. I mean, this sounds really dumb. So you're <laughs> telling me that the city came up with a publicity stunt That's correct. to say, hey, um, we're going to celebrate Earth Day by making a car free make by making car free day, which would imply the entire city, which seems absurd. Mm -hmm. But then really, it's just a stretch of road. That's and correct. the majority of that road is car free all year round. So they're just trying to raise For awareness about this economic strip. This like, I guess there's like vendors there or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or is it just a park? I mean, you're not. Like, yeah. I mean, you're not burying no. the lead. That's basically, that's basically what we're talking about here. It's not a park, no, but I mean, it's it's like no, a, I'm asking, a light like, are pedestrian they to, program. Are they trying to like drive people to this place because there's commerce there? Like, what's there? Uh, I think that like I think stores, they're, just, they're just yeah. I mean, there's stores, sure. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's New York City. It's Manhattan. I mean, it's it's, well, it's actually it all five. It was just like you know, it's not a park. It's just it's it's exactly as um uh the car light program has uh, expanded um, access for walking and, and, uh, and a limited um, sort of area for motorized vehicles. So that's, it's, 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 it's really just, yeah, it's more of a thoroughfare. I mean, like it's where, it's where like, uh, like 42nd street, like they, they knocked off a whole bunch of 42nd street so that you pedestrians can have more area to walk for instance. So it's something, it's something similar to that. Let me, let me continue. Look, look, you might get something else. This is what I thought was really interesting. I thought of what the Netherlands did during the early 1970s when war in the Middle East caused gas prices to increase. Then, as now, residents of this planet looked into the Jesus, the maw of the future <laughs> and demanded change. God love a blogger in Holland. <laughs> the government the what of the future, the, the maw. The, I don't know. The, I don't know. I don't know what that phrase means. It's that. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, you don't either. Okay, okay, that's fine. Well, I mean, it's it's. I'm not gonna look it up. The <laughs> A, the uh, in Holland, the government provided it in the form of a mandated car-free Sundays program that eliminated all driving except for emergency vehicles, uh, and the result was a fundamental change in the way the Dutch got around. No, they didn't eliminate the car entirely. Most Dutch families still own one, but car-free Sundays showed residents how easy it is to replace so many silly little car trips on foot or on bike, and then such trips decreased. It's not rocket science. The 1973 car-free Sunday changed something in the Dutch mindset. Uh, not only did they show once again what cities look like without cars, they also made it possible that other forms of transportation, less oil-dependent, and in particular cycling, were seen as a viable option for everyday transportation. This line of thinking would ultimately change the Dutch transportation system into what they have today. I understand. So, I, I mean... What I was going to say, and I think it's still true, is mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with what they did. Is I, I, I hate that they used it as a publicity stunt. I hate that they botched the publicity stunt to cheapen the awareness that they're rightfully trying to raise. I'd rather them have just called this 
and other areas like this, Earth Day zones or something like that. Call it an Earth Day zone to raise awareness that this is actually serving an environmental purpose. Um, and then don't imply that it's the whole city. Don't imply that it's like a special day. Don't imply anything that's not true. Just simply label these stretches of <clears throat> no motorized vehicle zones, Earth Day zones, or something like that, Earth zones. You know what I mean? So do and you just, think you'll uh, get as much publicity with, hey, everyone, we've got tiny little Earth Day zones throughout the city this year versus New York City's car-free Earth Day? Zone. It's not even Earth Day zone. Really call it a zone. So I mean, he goes actually. He outlines some of the zoning. It's uh, now this might not mean anything to anyone who's not from New York, but uh, Avenue B, East Sixth and East East Fourteenth Streets, which he has at at two thousand thirty nine feet. Uh, for those Brits, I mean, I can't do the conversion, but uh, that is only like half a mile. It's like half a mile. Yeah, there you go. Well, that that's still not helping the Brits, but. The Broadway between East 17th and the, the Scots, yes. Broadway between East 17th and West 14th Street. Uh, so that's only six. That's only about 7,000 feet. And uh, St. Nicholas Avenue between 181st and 90th Street. Uh, that's only about another 2,000 feet. So that, that's all there is for Manhattan. That, that's the end of Manhattan. Uh, it gets far worse in the outer boroughs, which are actually the more heavily populated area, areas of the city. Brooklyn has... Tompkins Avenue between Gates and Halsey Street, 1,500 feet. That's the entire borough of Brooklyn. I mean, I, I, I failed to look up how many people actually live in Brooklyn and how big Brooklyn is. But when you say more heavily populated, you mean re residential, right? Yes, correct. Residential. Living. Yeah. But foot traffic, given the influx of people into Manhattan, I would assume that on any given day, Manhattan is has more people in it. Yes, during the day. Enough. Yes, if you're talking about uh, workers, yes, probably, yes. Yeah, I think that's a safe assessment to make. Yes, sure. But I'm just saying, the I'm just doling out how paltry this Earth Day, in terms of its zonage, goes once you get into the outer boroughs. The Bronx has about 1,500 feet. Uh, Queens, kind of a little more impressive. It's It's got 6,000 feet. Uh, I mean, in, is in it, a, but, but that, but I mean, that, this, I understand, right? I understand where you're kind of going, but if this is indeed new, now, if it's not new and they're just kind of branding it because they don't have much to say for Earth Day because they dropped the ball, that's mm -hmm. just a shame. But if these things are new, it's a pilot. And I get that. You don't want to go all in. You don't know what's going to happen. It could have had some adverse reaction that like maybe the detouring like destroyed the traffic pattern and people were going to be up in arms. And God forbid you would have like rolled that out into 50 locations citywide. That would have been a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So I get that a pilot may have been the smarter way to go to see if it's successful and how it was received. Because sure, the people that are using it will love it. But anyone who's like, I don't live around there. I'm not going to go there. This is just making my street busier. Wouldn't. And so I think that, I think that, you know, Rolling it out in a phased approach is smart, um, but it's. I'm assuming that these were all new pieces of car-free zones and not just trying to dupe the public. He continues to say, instead <laughs> of saying, we need you to drive less, our leaders are instead saying, we'll help you drive because you need to drive. It's the ultimate echo chamber, America's car dependence, is its own self-fulfilling prophecy. He likened this to basically just a a, a a gas tax holiday. 
to I say, don't understand. What do you mean you help you drive? What is that? How is he helping anyone drive? I don't well, get he it. said, well, before that, he goes, but uh, no American politician even tries to evoke the spirit of us all being in this together. In fact, New York politicians like their cowardly counterparts in dozens of other states are considering a gas tax holiday, an idea that not only benefits the wealthy at the expense of transit users, but accommodates America's decades of petrol. It might be a little stretch there, but uh, look, he finishes <laughs> out. So, look, so, look at this. So look at this. Is a if, day of not paying gas tax when I we guess. fill the tank up. Yeah, if you guess. happen to fill your tank up on that day. On that day. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you have to think about it. If you don't drive that day, I mean, I guess it's saving you some money at some point. It might not be that day exactly, but it might be down the line. If if we can't even ban cars from more than 3.8 miles of streets for a few hours on a single Saturday, how are we going to tackle the hard decisions ahead? How will our leaders get the public support they'll need to make massive investment in transit, decarbonize our agriculture, clean the grid, and reduce our reliance on cars when it's so easy to drive to grandma in the Ford Explorer? So, yeah, I mean, it's true. If you can't even declare gonna, a single they're, they're day, they're just going to wait for sea levels to rise and wipe New York off the map and just start fresh somewhere else. That's what they're going to do. Not even. I mean, look what happened in um, Katrina. I mean, New Orleans no. is still around. You just go back. You just wait for the waters to recede and then, uh, you know, strengthen those levees right back. Where you yeah, but this is that started. that wouldn't be a storm. That would just be sea levels rise. And now that's the thing. That's where they are now. You'd be surprised at how uh, actually, since we're on the topic of the Netherlands, I believe the Dutch over the over the course of uh, I don't want to say I don't know how many years, but they they built much. They reclaimed a lot of the Netherlands from the sea. So it's possible. I, I could see. Oh, you're saying it. we're going to adopt practices that, that were successful in Europe. Is that what you're implying? That's, when it, that's when it comes to now? saving the cities, yeah, that's most likely okay. what we will do because <laughs> no one's gonna they're not going to give up the cities and be like, oh, well, guess the sea is taking this back. They, they will implement. Uh, you know, whatever is the correct type of engineering that is necessary in order to make sure that New York, Manhattan maintains livability. Uh, no one's, you know, there's too much money to be lost. So that's another reason why they're not going to do that. Uh, so we'll see. All the buildings will just be on stilts. You have to live at least on the 30th floor to survive. It'll be like a little I mean, hey, that's, that's that's a possibility. They could just up the uh, they they turn one of those windows, turn an apartment into the new foyer, and uh, you just enter through apartment two B. Uh, I can see it. I can see it. It's something. I mean, I'm just saying. It's here, here's my thing. This is what this is where the thought experiment came in, which is why I, I thought it would take us a little bit a little bit longer to to dissect this. Do you think it is possible that given the right amount of infrastructure and incentivization that Americans could ever actually in, in like, of course, not in rural rurals are completely different subjects. So let's let's throw that out for a second in our cities, which is midsize cities like um, people in D.C. would be upset that I'm calling D.C. a midsize city, but a midsize city acknowledge like places outside of New York as actual cities. That's a, that's an improvement. So yeah. I'll take it. well, yeah, well, I mean, you move to Jersey and everything becomes a little bit more relative. You're a little kinder, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, midsize cities like D.C., DC, Charleston, what have you. Actually, Charleston is a very walkable city. People, if anyone's ever visited it, uh, I'm actually amazed at how walkable Charleston actually can be. But uh yeah, could they, can we take these mid-sized cities and actually make them car-free? Is that really possible? Do you think that that could ever be a thing aside from emergency vehicles and uh, and and this of course into, public transport? I mean, we covered this kind of stuff, I think, on the pod on the episode with that city in the desert. Um, 
and then we're talking about like what people could do. Um, I've, what was that new city in the desert called? It started with the T. Yeah, it's like it sounds like Tulsa, but it was like I uh, was gonna say Tulsa and it's Toledo. Not, yeah, it? but it's something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. But someone look back on our pod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody get back there. to us. It's a very um, successful episode. But so we don't know it, why. It, I think it was that episode. We were talking about going green in cities. I don't remember what we were. Yeah, what yeah, but was, still, but, yeah, but I don't think that we so, ever addressed having no. Well, cars. no, I brought up the idea of you would you would yeah. First of all, you need a, a massive amount of money, and then you buy city blocks or buildings and you demolish them and you 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 redo it you yeah, redo I don't the think city. that's, I don't think that's necessarily necessary because you could why don't, you have plenty of road we make so much um you know basically our entire engineering in terms of where we city building and suburban uh development but yeah but what, it's centered mean, around cars. unless you unless unless you unless you built but you you're mean? saying how, so you're just saying get rid of all the roads and make them like monorails, convert all the roads to monorails like that. Not, well, I mean, it would be a mix. So you could do either like it used to be like streetcars back in the uh, not streetcars, uh, trolleys. You could kind of bring back a trolley system that that could be number one. That way you're having mixed usage because that it doesn't necessarily take the road away from pedestrians. Pedestrians can walk on 80 percent of the road and then you have 20 percent. That's the yeah, trolley track. You're thinking. Yeah, but my my point about all so is your question how do we make the cities green or how do we make the cities car free it's both i think it's one of the same then no then the, then the cars aren't the only thing that's my point is that hmm. if you want to make the city green it go, i mean infrastructure itself is way more than whether or not there are motorized vehicles in the city um, why do you think we need to remove buildings be, to make them green like to start replacing them to start it but yeah, there are, start, I think there are different ways to modify a, a building in order to start having it be I'm green. assuming I think that, that it would be cheaper to start new for some buildings than to gut them and then start over, given how old some of them are. Hmm. I mean, you're going to just run afoul of a whole bunch of history, historical societies. That's the other <laughs> problem with doing something like that. But I see where you're coming from. Maybe a I, mean, th- I mean, if there's something worth saving, sure. And if you want to retain the city's history holistic like everything then sure then you, you spend even more money to gut those buildings keep the facade and redo all the wiring plumbing electrical insulation all the mm. stuff put solar panels on the roofs and wind turbines where you can and all different types of energy generating mechanisms that they have i mean that, you would have to have a that'd be a massive incentive well, that's what i mean tax incentive I mean, thing for landlords to even contemplate spending the money that well way. then you, you get have into to the other sure where... that they spend the money in that way as opposed well, then to you just... get into then you get yeah. into just other things around um work and you know a lot of companies are pressuring people to go back to work because there's people who own property who are losing money because there's no one to pay the rent and so there's this whole shift to try and get people to go back to work away from right. being remote um right. just the whole way that that cities function on the inside and how government's going to mm-hmm incentivize people to behave certain ways. I mean, I just think you have to really look, you really have to look at how you want the city to function. If you really want to go green, I mean, if you want to just check a few boxes, that's fine. But if we really are trying to stay below this 1.5 degree limit that we've set for ourselves, that is already super high. I mean, everyone has to drastically change what they're doing. But yeah, but look at all the science that came back with the pandemic in terms of the fact that we stopped using some, uh, so many, um, 
a automobiles people aren't driving nearly as much and uh aircraft in terms of uh airlines uh having to uh fly from country to country uh there was a market increase not increase but decrease in terms of uh emissions wasn't there i mean i wish that we had data on that right now to, to reference yeah it, but, but i don't think enough i mean but i thought it was actually quite to, i thought it was impactful enough, well enough for waterways to become a little cleaner and for right. animals to come yes. out of terrified hiding mm-hmm. but in terms of oh yeah we're definitely going to stay below like a one percent increase or something Fair. like no no i mean even just like i mean it's not like we had less livestock or i don't know but there's just so many different factors um yeah. I, I did pollution itself go down i know manufacturing took a dip but you're talking about like what stopping all manufacturing as it may have been done in the pandemic because there was no factory workers I, right. I just well no like, of course not um so i don't know i mean there, I, I there are to what degree yeah. it's not you could yeah you could do something where you replace cars and you convert roads to some hybrid road slash track yeah that you can have mass transit on right you can revamp the underground and Correct. then you don't you know you could just redo the underground and make that a lot better mm-hmm. um yeah there's things you could do i mean there's no there's not enough green space the ecosystem is like i don't know the basement whatever's growing and living in the basement and and in the walls and then and central park and i guess little parks around i don't know i guess it's, it's I, mean, I yeah, guess it's an asphalt i guess the question jungle. is what is green like what is what is that is goal? a good that's a good question actually what are you what trying to achieve green? you're right what are your you're metrics right. you're right that's that's fair no i think that's a really fair assessment of the situation because I think a lot of people who are especially bike enthusiasts or people who want better quality of life, especially when it comes around transport and commuting in a city, would welcome an alternative to the way that cities have been or currently operate, which is despite the congestion said, you know, very, very either car centric or uh, still bus centric or yeah, <laughs> or Uber centric. Actually, let's 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 be real. It's more about taxis and Ubers. Uh, in cities, so I mean, I think. And what they, about? Yeah. And what about the waterways? What about the rivers? That's part of oh, the city. Oh well, there's yeah, and then there's tons of boat traffic on that. I mean, I would dip my toe in the Hudson River. I mean, yeah. So I mean, like oil, and that's an it's, it's an ecosystem, and it's important because you know water flows. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we talk about more I mean, sailing vessels, more sailing <laughs> vessels, or underwater monorails. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna build a monorail. Um, I just, you know, when the more that I read into it, I used to get excited about every little green project. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Let's do that. And then and then the more that the data comes out, it's like, yeah, OK, I could see how a simple project could be overblown hmm. and people could lean in heavy into it. But when you think about, well, what are we actually trying to accomplish? You know, you take a step back. Well, all right. Why is green a thing? Why is it important? What are we trying to accomplish? How do we mm. get to that end goal? And then you look at the little, I mean, truly incremental steps that we take. I, that might that might be even too kind. Yeah. Um, and then we celebrate those and we're like, all right, job done. Next generation, it's up to you. Like, it's just, uh, I want to be realistic about, all right, if, well, if we're going to talk about su- sustainability and renewables and attacking the climate crisis uh, by converting cities to be quote unquote green, well, all right, well, what makes a difference? Mm. What moves the needle? Or what just makes people think that they're contributing to something? Ah, uh, like you know, recycling, it's recycling like, plastic. Yeah, like, or, you know, everyone buy LEDs. Great, I did my part. Well, mm. you know, I guess I can buy my V8 now, um, right. my V8 truck and whatever it is. Like, you know, like it, it's, well, what is it really doing? 
I'm sure it's making a dent. Low voltage. We need, we need more than a dent at this point. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was good. What do you uh, What do you got for for our thing? Let's 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 move it on. Uh, although we'll probably revisit this because this is actually really interesting, especially as we get closer to Earth Day. Um, so well, that'll be interesting. We have time for one topic. One topic. Shoot. Make it count. Do you want a heavy one? Do you want a light one? Do you want a medium one? I think light, when things are of the when times of the essence, light is the way to go. Because heavy, heavy keeps it going. All right. Heavy's a mood. <clears throat> Light's All a right. feeling. The corporate drone wars have begun. Oh, good God. Continue. Want to do a different topic? No, no, this is good. No, this is because Elon got Twitter. No. Oh, okay. No, but if you have something to add. That's no, great. I don't. So, I was just wondering if it had. All right. Everything. So until now, drone delivery trials have been limited to small towns and rural areas because uh, they're less congested. Um, but there are some new happenings in this industry. Google-owned Wing will begin delivering items from Walgreens and a few other partner partners like Ice Cream Parlors in Dallas, which is a much more complex environment, obviously. Um, orders will be fulfilled at retail location by store employees, then remotely controlled um, then remotely, uh, and then remotely located drone operators will deploy drones to pick up and deliver orders. Um, but there are, are more than this. There are several other drone companies in this space. Flytrex is set to begin making restaurant deliveries near Dallas as well. Zipline will expand prescription medicine deliveries from Arkansas into North Carolina and Utah. Drones enable delivery of a range of products between five and 10 minutes door to door, while also clearing up traffic congestion, at least on the ground. I think that's probably one of the issues. Um, but this should make, I think, you know, how you're talking about things being greener, a safer environment for animals and ecosystems in general. So customer feedback has been interesting. And according to the Zipline CEO, within a week of using drone delivery, delivery, the novelty wears off and people started taking the service for granted. It basically went from sci-fi to an entitlement in less than a week. Now, the U.S. is playing catch-up as drones are routinely used. Go on. What's that? How do you, it's a bit okay. quick to assess that. <laughs> it's like when you get inundated I mean, with the chat. I mean, it's, my, you know, fracking box of toilet paper. Well, where's my... <laughs> Where am I? I need my pills, my diabetes. Where are my diabetes pills? I'm not, I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> commenting on that. So, like I said, the US, is, the U.S. is playing catch up as drones are routinely used to deliver medicine, food, and sundries in places like Australia, Finland, and Africa. And the reason I kind of been um, alluded to before is because the FAA is trying to figure out how to govern drones in an increasingly crowded sky. Um, the UK is also working on Air One, the world's first skyport for flying taxis and delivery drones. And that particular article subtly slips in that police will have some involvement here. Okay. So the company behind that government-backed project is Urban Airport Limited, and it's in partnership with Hyundai. Is that how you say it? Is it Hyundai? Hyundai? Hyundai, Hyundai or like the actual car company we're talking yeah, about? Or yeah, yeah, Hyundai. Yeah. yeah. Hyundai? I don't know why I thought it was Hyundai. Is it Hyundai? I don't know. Right. I, I think it's That's Hyundai. why I asked. Well, you said Hyundai. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, that's, that's how I've always said it. I could All be right. saying it wrong for my whole life. So I mean, or however long the company's. That's why I asked. I'm not sure. I mean, I've never actually been corrected. Uh, so the company behind the government-backed project is Urban Airport Limited, in partnership with Hyundai, um, and they're planning up to 200 such hubs in cities across the world. Another player in this space, a partnership between Spain's global infrastructure company. Apologies for pronunciation. Ferrovial and a German developer, Lilium, has invested heavily in Florida as a starting point for at least 10 ports in the U.S. And the article was kind of weird how they phrased it. I think it's going to be 10 ports in Florida, but if not, then across the U.S. Okay. Um, so, I mean, now, we got, I mean, yeah. There's a ton, it's, right? It's a lot. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to revolutionize the skies for Def Levin for sure. And it's going to be it's going to change the way that we... Uh, well, first of all, th- this whole thing that I'm thinking about right now is, you know, I thought truckers and delivery guys would be going out of business because of self-driving vehicles, but it looks like we're going to be eliminating hundreds upon hundreds, thousands of jobs that weren't even great jobs to begin with. By the way, shout out to uh, John Oliver. He does a great uh, episode on trucking. Uh, I think that happened like either a week ago or two weeks ago, but the, it's, it's miserable. The job's miserable already, especially when it's Amazon workers and FedEx. And now you're telling me that they're just going to lose their jobs altogether because they're going to be flying wasn't in there, drones. Isn't it like a crazy high turnover rate? Yeah, it's like 100%. So it's like losing but, jobs or just not getting new people that are going to quit in a couple of months anyway. I mean, hey, look, yeah, that's well, this is true. But I mean, I mean, I guess, isn't it like, isn't it, isn't the turnover rate outpacing the hiring rate? Yeah, I said it's 100%. It's 100% turnover. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's if you eliminate just a crappy job, but, but my point is people are still trying to get that job. Which which means that people are still looking for work. So you're still eliminating another industry that people are like were a drone fake. operator, right? Get your How many, you don't need that many drone operators because drones, for the most part, will probably well, map their own pathways. Oh, unless you have well, something about that. Well, I mean, well, if you're really going to get into like that kind of stuff, um, I guess if you had self-driving cars and trucks, that would be one thing. But the drones can only carry up to six pounds. Now, that just means they need larger drones, but or more I mean, many in hands make light work. You just uh. What is yeah, it? A flotilla of drones. Yeah, but those are each operators. You, you would need. What? No, you wouldn't do that. Them. No, because if you put six drones on a single package, all the drones would sync up to where the destination should be. That you wouldn't need an individual person on each leg of the package. That would be ridiculous. First of all, oh, if you had six you mean, people doing that, they they would mess that up. I mean, there's no way you had six people could coordinate to carry a package I two know, three I miles. Thought, it's I was, not going to happen. So I wasn't thinking about. Like I was thinking about how a delivery, like if I even if I order groceries, it's over six pounds. Yeah. I was thinking of multiple drones carrying six pounds of weight, not twenty drones carrying, you know, a cargo ship or something. Yeah, well, um, I mean, yeah, but it most but likely guess, would yeah, be the drones would be that. working together. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying that it's not yeah. like there's there's so no it's reason. It's not going to pick up. The, the, it's an option. It's not going to. It's not going to scoop all of them up. But again, I'm curious how many truck drivers there would be with that type of turnover rate. But anyway, yeah, I was kind of curious. One, what this convenience is going to look like going forward, and are there any limits to what could be delivered? Um, I mean, I, I had a couple. Saying, as long as it's not so dangerous that if it were to be dropped, it could kill somebody. I would say probably not. Other than that. But then that goes into another thing. Would there be routes that one would be off limits to development, whatever's on the ground beneath it? Mm-hmm. Probably. Or would you be able to like purchase routes? 
would a company be able to purchase a route and then they own the fastest delivery route or something like that? Or they own a route and then they if rent cities it out? were like, able to monetize out, right? it. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to monetize path airline like uh, pathways. Uh, the pathways. I'm just saying, yeah, you'd have to you would have to air, monetize flight plans. Um, but I I doubt that since we don't do that with airlines, that we're going to start doing that with drone companies, uh, or the the consumer based companies that would be using these drones. I don't I doubt we would do something like that. I think what we'd have is something similar to air air traffic control, but for cities. Like they would probably uh, implement this sort of aircraft air traffic control that could have some sort of overall kill switch or monetization of all the drones that are flying about any city it's going to take a long time before you get into heavily populated cities so the drones are going to have to prove their efficacy for probably at least a decade plus before they're entering well, they're like gonna, super they're gonna be in populous. dallas okay again real cities right we're talking about real cities here. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. i've never been to dallas but... I, I me either but i know that it's i just know that you, you're probably going to drive you're not gonna be able to walk dallas so Real cities are talking about like the the, the you know the, the the big metropolises, the urban centers. Uh, we're talking this is global, so like London, Tokyo, Paris, New York, uh, Toronto, cities like that. Uh, I think it's going to be a while before you're going to have hundreds of drones in the sky. Plus, think about that. That's also going to start blocking off sunlight, having that many drones <laughs> flying above you. I mean, there's going to be some issues with regard to that as well. So I, I think that we've got we've got a long way before you've got, you know, the the armada of drones flying about the sky. It's going to look like the Matrix. Remember the 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 machines in the real world and the Matrix, how they just like blot out the sky? I mean, I don't know, it's an old reference. I, who watches the Matrix uh, or who remembers it anyway? Especially because of you know it's Will Smith and the, oh no Will the, Smith's not it is Jada Jada's probably she's probably tainted the Matrix now people even want to watch it anymore she's not in the first one though no she's no she's not that's fine all you need to do is watch the first one yeah anyway that's yeah so I think it'll be interesting I the, the, I think the real another problem is going to be the I think people are very nervous about the the passenger drones. We've got the drone taxis. That's definitely well, that's another thing that's that where they're either going to do the taxis and then apparently the police are getting in on it, which I don't know what type of surveillance is going to be going on there. All or of even, it. <laughs> well, that, and my next question, whether it's corporations or the government, is mm -hmm. what type of data will these drones be collecting? Everything from weather Anything hackable. patterns, personal behavior. They could track, they could track anything. so much. And then what happens to all of that? goes into a certified cloud that is just ripe for the hacking one day that's all well that was one and of then you get a little then you get a what, little what defenses is there like well corporations like how do they compete in this space beyond just like honest competition would there be any like i don't know like what i don't know i'm just curious like where this goes like this is different than anything else that we've ever done i mean i would say that you should nationalize <laughs> official drones and the and like the drone network that's what i would say and everyone's like oh i don't want the government spying on me well guess what yeah amazon can spy on you too and they're not going to keep their data as safe in fact when that data gets breached you're just going to get a little piece of paper in the mail that says we've partnered with x number x whatever uh cyber security firm and they're going to give you a million dollars in case you uh your identity is stolen and it's like yeah and there's like a million low poles that have to go with picking up that million dollars so it's not even going to really materialize for you so i'd rather have a nationalized drone program 
which sounds scary in theory, but the thing is I'd rather not have the drones owned specifically by a million different, not a million, but hundreds of different corporate actors who could so do this just anything be, they want with those drones. Will it be a branch of the USPS? Uh, yes, exactly. I would actually rather that. Yeah, a, a, a branch of the Postal Service. In fact, that'll be so nice for the Postal Service. That way you're right. giving them another use. Uh, and, and I think that they could monitor the drones and you could help them be more sophisticated. And I absolutely do think and they'd have to, if you were, first of all, it would, in, it would ensure, um, it would ensure competition because it means that you could start up a business and you wouldn't feel like you're being aren't like, what is it? Strong armed by Amazon for trying to use drones because like I could be like, well, I got to, now I got to buy drones. And then what Amazon's got like the fastest route because they pay for us X one X number of whatever, uh, I hope we don't go that route, but I'm just saying Amazon's going to have way more drones than I could ever hope to acquire as a small business owner. So I'm going to be competing for air air travel or whatever the traffic control is going to be with Amazon's fleet of drones, which is going to make it almost impossible to actually get your delivery, your stuff delivered on time. So a nationalized drone to- would be a much more equitable uh, service, uh, I think, for uh, for businesses uh, basically worldwide. So I mean, I, that's why that, I support it- that. Now, when you say that, is it like because clearly the government isn't developing this stuff now, it's industry that's bringing this to us. Right. And if you just say, nope, you can't do it anymore, that's the government. Well, no, no, I wouldn't say that because I doubt Amazon actually has uh, engineers that are currently working on building drones. I bet you they've partnered with a third party, which is the same way we would do government contracts for anything. You would license it out. They're operated by a private company. Well, I think that I think the, the USPS. No, I no, I think that the US, the United States Postal Service should operate the drones. But I believe that probably in terms of maintenance and the building of the drones, they're probably you would hire that you would do a government contract for that to a uh, to so Boeing. like the military. Well, yeah, well, it's not military to say it's usually Boeing but, or what have. No, you. that's they what I mean. The like drones. the military, the military right. well, operates yes. the equipment, yes. but they outsource that's, the manufacturing to yes. Boeing or Lockheed yep. or something. Lockheed, exactly, exactly. So you, uh, yes, again, I would give it back to the military industrial complex. Let just throw a couple more billion dollars. God knows they love money, and uh, and then the drones would then be used by the postal service or whatever government entity. Look, we're not going to be able to keep drones out of the arms of. Uh, you know, just police officers waiting to fight crime. We're not going to be able to like uh, keep it away. So uh, they're going to get it anyway. I'd rather have it be at least centralized so that you don't even, again, police departments not necessarily can be trusted with data. They're not data. You know, they're not, uh, what do you call it? They're, uh, they're not cybersecurity experts. Uh, when you're talking about individual little tiny police departments, you might be talking about like the FBI or a bigger, uh, agency or a bigger police department, like a new New York City's police department. But when you're when you're doing like, I don't know, Milburn's police department out here, which is like probably like what, like thirty guys in a in a in, a, in an area that they they're not cybersecurity people, right? They're not going to be able to secure the data that they're getting by flying drones. So they're they they are going to be exposed to being hacked hackable by either foreign agents or a disgruntled employee or anyone else who likes to hack out there. So I'm just saying. I'd rather it be centralized. I'd rather it have be lock and key so that you at least know that no one's that the government you could challenge if they are being nefarious with your data. But it definitely becomes much more difficult when you've when you've got Target, Walmart, Amazon with all their drone footage and drone tracking and all their drone data. And then now you're trying to I mean that they're those people are far more hackable to getting your data out there in the wrong hands than the government would be.
Now, what do you think the likelihood of that actually happening is? Next to zero, because we have feckless politicians. Uh, (laughs) No one's probably paying attention. No one probably cares that much. Uh, I'm sure Amazon will just own their own little fleet. Google will have their own little drones. Microsoft will have their drones. Boeing will have their drones. Everyone will have their own little drones. There'll just be a fleet of drones out there displacing jobs, making a muck of things. Uber's drones. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a freaking mess because nobody has the stones to actually walk up and take charge of the situation. So I have zero, zero faith that that future, but the future I've outlined would be the, the, the one that gets picked. No, not at all. Would you get in a flying taxi? No. That's for the next generation. We're, no, <laughs> that's never. You, you, know, you have to think about it. I wonder how long well, will they have to operate without them falling out of the sky? I mean, I don't know. Longer than I'm alive. Like airplane level safety, where it's just like hardly ever happens. I, I think you have to think about the adoption of people flying. It's similar to you know how when the Wright brothers first flew their plane. I mean, you how many of those? Like how many people do you think? of a generation that where planes did not exist got on planes when they were first introduced. Probably very few. No, it's a cost thing, isn't it? Yeah. But even if you had the money, I bet you, if you, I bet you, if you look at records or, or you had look at old, I don't know, old news wires, old, old you know, you know, this just in. <laughs> did it, but, but did it go from Wright brothers to commercial light? No, I no, of course it was not. Military yeah. It was military for anything. a long time. Yeah. 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 So, so, so no, no. They, 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 they start no. this no. year, 15 years from now. Yeah, maybe 20, maybe. You let your kid take a, a flying taxi. Well, they'll, they'll grow up them. with it. So, you know, okay, exactly. They'll grow up with it. So it's not like something that will be on toward for them. But I, I, I will have my reservations to say, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah, you're going to be like my dad, who um, for the longest time would not use his airline app for his ticket he would make us go we would and all print check them in out ahead of time but he would want to go and get his printed thing yeah because he and trusted. the excuse was what does that mean he's like well what if i lose my phone i'm like well, what if you lose your ticket i mean you're more likely not to lose your phone how often do you ever lose your phone he needs to feel the paper in his hand he needs the tactile feel of that that <laughs> lightly that lowly printed paper <laughs> lowly <laughs> printed airline paper I need that I in my hand. I need to feel that ticket. They can't take it away from me if it's in my cold, dead hands. That's how he feels. Oh, was that? That's, that was Charlton Heston. <laughs> Out of my cold, dead hands. That's my trust in Heston. Uh, you got to work on it. Yeah, I'll well, tell you. I, get, I get a lot of you got to work on it. But that's, I think, the charm. No, I think normally you work a job. I think, I think that one needs a little work. Out of my cold, dead hands. Got into a little Sean Connery there. So, <laughs> where can they find us? Because that's it. So, <laughs> God. At Retraction Media. Hit us up. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. Give us some topics. I don't know how long this episode was today. I feel like we went over. Yeah, a little bit, but a yeah. little bit. Low expectations. Congrat low lowly expectations. Remember that? Oh. Matt TV. Where's that? What's that obscure reference? Matt TV. Come on. Oh, wait, what was that? That was wait, it. Was... L- lowered expectations. No, was that a skit? Yeah, it was a skit. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think of what was the skit. Oh, it changed it. It sort of changed every time. 
It wasn't like a Miss Swan. Uh, I used to watch Mad TV all the time. Of course we did. Yeah, yeah. we're of that age. So congrats to Kentaji Brown, first black Supreme Court justice, and I will uh, just say that right now. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. It's amazing. Um, Overdue, finally. Yeah, I think the first time in the Supreme Court's history, it is not is now not majority white. So that's interesting. Male, not majority male white, but yeah. Oh, okay. No, I think that's, okay. I think that's just that. Okay. Corrected oh. on air. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, retraction out. Good episode. Way to be yeah, I probably need to edit. It.